0: It's the question that we need to make sure we don't simply have any answer for. It's really the question that we need to make sure we have the right answer for. That question being, who is God? And the reason we need to make sure we have the right answer to this specific question, because it's really the core of saving faith, And it's a question that has been answered in various ways throughout history. Some will describe and define God as as being a God in all kinds of complementary terms. Loving, gracious, kind, and compassionate. But there are also those who will describe and define God as, as being a God who demands his people to live in a certain way. And as a God who will enact his punishment on anyone who fails to do so. So which is it? Well, as we look at our verses for today, we come to get to know God for who he truly is because God himself gives us the answer to the question. And leading up to our verses for today, the Israelites had messed up big time. Moses was on the top of Mount Sinai speaking with God, having a conversation where he received the commandments from God and also where he received the instructions for worship. And day after day, as Moses was up there, the Israelites started to get impatient, wondering what had happened to Moses, thinking that that he was now gone for good. But they still desired to worship and praise the one true God. And so the Israelites went to Aaron. The religious leader, while Moses, was up on the top of Mount Sinai, and they asked him to make a god for them. And so Aaron gathered as much gold as he could, and he fashioned for them a god in the form of a golden calf, which the Israelites then started to praise and worship as the god who had delivered them from their slavery in Egypt, showing that they had so deceived themselves. Because while they wanted to praise and worship the one true god, They were doing so, but in a sinful way. Not only worshiping an idol that had been formed into the image of an Egyptian god, but but they had also fallen into heathen practices that they had learned during their slavery in Egypt as well. And so when Moses came down from the mountain after having his conversation with God, it's no wonder that he showed his anger against the Israelites, throwing the stone tablets with God commandments written on them, breaking them. And when the Israelites saw this, many of them realized that they had messed up. Many of them realized that they had sinned greatly. And certainly at this moment they were wondering, who is our God? Is He a loving, gracious, and compassionate God who's going to forgive us and the situation that we're in? Or is our God... A God who is going to enact his righteous judgment on us right here and right now. They needed to know who God is because who God is was going to determine how he was going to deal with them in the situation that they were currently in. And so the next day, Moses told the Israelites that he was going to go back up to the top of Mount Sinai and have another conversation with God where he was going to ask him to forgive the Israelites of this great sin. And during this second conversation that that Moses was having with God, God spoke about his faithfulness to the Israelites in spite of their unfaithfulness to him, which then led Moses to ask God to show him the fullness of his glory, to which God had to tell him that he couldn't do so because otherwise Moses would perish being a sinful human being. But he did tell Moses that he was going to cause his goodness to pass in front of him where he would proclaim his name and thus reveal to Moses, who would reveal to the Israelites, who he truly is. And we hear once Moses had inscribed two more stone tablets with the commandments since he had broken the first two, that the Lord came down in a cloud and took his stand there with Moses. And God, coming down in this way and standing right alongside Moses, showed that he wanted to be with his people. And once God had done this, we then hear that he passed in front of Moses and proclaimed his name to reveal who he is, saying, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and overflowing with mercy and truth, maintaining mercy for thousands, forgiving guilt. And rebellion and sin. And in telling Moses who he is, God makes it so clear that he is a loving, gracious, and compassionate God. And while we could spend all day diving into the fullness of what each of these words reveals to us about God, we'll briefly talk about each of them. And right away, God describes himself as being compassionate and gracious. Telling us that the Lord's love for his people is, is deep, caring, and personal. And the word gracious highlights how this love is completely undeserved. That even though the Israelites had fallen into such a great sin, God was going to continue loving them because that's who God is. And God then describes himself as being slow to anger. Meaning that while sin does anger him, he remains patient with sinners. Not erupting at them the moment that somebody falls into sin, but rather he gives sinners time to come to repentance. To see the sins that they fall into, and then to look away from themselves, and to look at the God who reveals himself as one who forgives guilt, rebellion, sin. And when God says that he forgives sin, It's as if the sin itself was never committed in the first place. Because as God says in Jeremiah 31, I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. And God even mentions that he is overflowing with mercy and truth, maintaining mercy for thousands. But there is no end to God's mercy. It's not as though there's a single sin out there that will keep God from from pouring out his mercy on those who fall into sin. And it's not as though there's a certain amount of sins that somebody can fall into that will cause God to withhold His mercy from them. And this isn't just for the Israelite nation. God says that this is for thousands. And in saying this, God is highlighting that this is for all people. That just as God Himself is boundless, so too is the mercy that He poured out on all people. And with this, God was telling Moses and the Israelites, this is who I am. A gracious, loving, and compassionate God who forgives sins. And how comforting this would have been for the Israelites who had just fallen into the awful sin, breaking the very first commandment, worshiping the golden calf, and certainly in their situation, they were thinking that God was going to enact his righteous judgment on them right then and right there. But when Moses would come down from the mountain, he would reveal to them who their God truly is. Loving, gracious, and compassionate. A God who is going to deal with them in their situation by forgiving them of their sin. And the loving, gracious, and compassionate God who is going to act this way towards the Israelites is the loving, gracious, and compassionate God who acts this way towards us as well. This is who our unchanging God is. But do we always see him as he defines and describes himself in our verses for today? Or like the Israelites? Can our own thoughts, ideas, and even the present situations that we face in this life sometimes lead us to formulate our own definition and description of who God is? As we go through those times in life when the bank account seems to be depleted, our stomachs are hungry and relationships are strained, can we sometimes forget that God is loving? Or for those times when we fall into those sins that burden us with so much guilt and shame, Can we sometimes forget that God is forgiving and loving? Can we forget that our God is a God who who forgives sins and instead imagine him to be a God who is going to punish us for the things that we've done? That when we let our own thoughts, ideas, in present situations lead us to formulate our own definition and description of God that we no longer see him as a loving, gracious, and compassionate God, but rather as a vengeful God who is going to punish us for everything that we've done. And seeing God for who he truly is is really such a challenge for our sinful flesh. And this is why it's so important for us to keep going back to God's Word. Because as we go back to God's Word, God himself reveals to us who he truly is. The loving, gracious, and compassionate God who forgives. And as we look at his word and see all of the promises that he has given to the Israelites and to us, and his promises to forgive us all of our sins, and see now he has kept each and every one of them. And we truly see, but also understand and personally know, That this is who our God truly is. And this truth is really what God wanted the Israelites to know as we look at the first few verses that we're looking at this morning. But as our verses now continue, God continues to define and describe himself. And as he does so, he seems to contradict everything that he has said so far where God says of himself, He will by no means clear the guilty. He calls their children and their children's children to account for the guilt of the fathers, even to the third and fourth generation. I mean, God had just described himself as a loving, gracious, and compassionate God who forgives sins, but now God describes and defines himself as a God who punishes sin. This seems to muddy everything that God has just said about himself. And because God just said this about himself, then could the Israelites actually find comfort in knowing who their God is? Because if God is a God who punishes sin, then that means that they needed to fear God for the awful sin that they had just committed in worshiping the golden calf. And how about us? Can we find comfort in knowing who God is? Because God knows us. God knows how our sinful natures have corrupted us from the very beginning. God knows and has seen how our sinful natures have led us to fall into all kinds of sins throughout our lives. God knows and because of this, it's not as though we can try and do enough good works to appease God with how we live our lives because God demands perfection, something that we can never attain. And it doesn't matter how many excuses or how we try and justify the sins that we fall into. Sin is sin. And all these things, all they do is just avoid the fact that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So who is our God? Is he a gracious, loving, and compassionate God who forgives us? Or is he a God who punishes sin? We need to know who God is because who God is is going to determine how He is going to deal with us in our sinful, depraved condition. And the answer to the question is that God is both. And while this sounds so confusing, the solution to this is found in Christ. The one whom the disciples correctly identified in our Gospel reading for today as not just being a great prophet, and as not just being some great example to follow, but as the promised Messiah, God's own Son who came into this world to accomplish God's plan of salvation. And He accomplished this by going to the cross, the place where God's love and God's wrath meet. The place where we see God's love because it's as Christ hung on the cross that God took the sins of the entire world, took them off of your back and mine, and he placed them onto Christ. And it's there that we see God's wrath because Christ then endured the punishment that all of your sins and my sins deserved. Being forsaken by God, suffering hell in our place, and giving up his very own life and death so that we could have life. And in doing things in this way, God has won and given us so much comfort. Because in punishing all of our sins on Christ, God has assured us that he's not simply ignoring our sins. God has assured us that he's not simply sweeping our sins under the rug. That God has put your sins and my sins to death on Christ so that they would die right alongside of Him. And with your sins being put to death with Christ, this means that so too is the burden of guilt and shame that your sins bring on you. And this also means that so too are the condemning thoughts that Satan is going to whisper into your ear that all of these things have been put to death on Christ because he suffered the punishment that we deserved. And we can know that this is for us because God has promised to grant us all of these blessings through his grace. It's through the waters of your baptism that God has promised to wash away all of your sins and connect you to your Savior, connecting you to his death and his resurrection. And as you hear God promises in His Word, God continues to assure you that everything Christ did, He did for the world, and because you are a part of the world, you can know that your sins have truly been forgiven. And as you continue to receive your Savior's body and blood, you can know that you are doing so receiving the forgiveness of all of your sins. And it's through the means of grace that God has created and will continue to strengthen faith in your heart to lead you to see God for who He truly is. A loving, gracious, and compassionate God who has done everything for you. And a God who has made you holy, righteous, and perfect in His sight. And you can know that this is who you are because of who your God is. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.